Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Here we are back at the boot camp, back at it again. Matt, I hope you're ready for the next episode. I'm super excited to have Matt McNaughton back on the boot camp with us. He's been on here before. Yes. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on the podcast. I can't remember when, but it's good to be back on Yeah, since that last time I was on here. It was more than a year ago, and you came on to, uh, to talk about... I would have put it at like four months ago. No, it was like more than a so year. So I was way off. Yeah, it, you you were on to talk about things that a church planter can learn. I think we all right. So I think we recorded it while we were in Colorado. Yeah. So not this okay. summer, but the previous summer. So, previous. So it would have been okay. July of 2022 that we recorded that. Yeah, I've already just moved those memories out of my brain CPU. So I can make more room for whatever is coming up. So well, I'm going to need you to hold on tighter to those memories because, as my wife often reminds me, <laughs> that is three years in a row that you and I have spent my wedding anniversary together in on a trip in Colorado, sharing a hotel room. And it's just a great time. I'm overjoyed that I get to take her place for that trip. So yeah, well, not this year. Just three years running. This next one. You got booted. It's our 20th wedding anniversary, and so we will be doing something together. But man, I'll, I'm, ex- I'll allow it. I'm excited to have you back on the podcast. For our listeners, uh, Matt is still uh, a church planter or an established church pastor at this point, which is something we discussed last yeah. time. Uh, but, he ha- but you have a, a new role. Uh, you've been bivocational in a lot of different aspects, but uh, a lot of that has been freelancing, kind of graphic design stuff. Um, so now you have a, an official, like other job that you clock in for. So talk to us a little bit about your new role. Yeah. So I serve as Mark Clifton's assistant, which means I do whatever Mark needs done. Yes. And that's a, just a, a legit summary of the role. I think. Yeah. If, is it scheduling calls, answering random thoughts that Mark has, that's my role. So, <laughs> But primarily, yeah. primarily, at least on paper, primarily you are arranging his travel, yeah. scheduling his appointments, and those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. My whole, the whole role is making sure Mark gets to where he needs to be, when he needs to be there, so he can serve the churches and associations and states. Yeah. And I, I love that you're doing that, and I love the way you approach it. We have also added kind of a exploratory role to what you do on the replant team. You're not a replanter, so we can't give you you replant assignments. But uh, one of the things that Mark Clifton has had a desire and a dream for the replant team to start pursuing is how can our team serve and create resources for bivocational pastors. And so you expressed a desire to be a part of that process. Colin Pugh expressed a desire to be a part of that process. And so tell us a little more about that. Not let's get into the details of that in a minute. Tell us a little about your bivocational journey, the way you view bivocational ministry. 
Yeah. So when we planted Grace Life, the whole my whole posture was this is going to be a full time gig. Mm-hmm. I I would be full time focus uh, from a from a work energy standpoint mm-hmm. with all my responsibilities as the pastor of Grace Life Church. Well, when you're planting a church, the funding quickly runs out, and you're discipling new believers, and you're doing all of this. The giving doesn't come in as quickly as you think. Yeah. So right away, within a couple of a year or two, I realized, man, what I would say to people who would ask, I'm a full-time pastor with part-time pay. Is the best way I could put it. So a couple years in, I started doing some graphic design projects on the side and with a local sign business here in town and just picked up little projects there and then kind of built a kind of a side hustle, side gig to help pay for little extra things as our church grew. And we just kind of grew into that. But I kept doing these bivocational things. Fast forward to 2020, 2020, 2020, it was such a big year, such a difficult year. It got multiple 20s. So fast forward to 2020, uh, my my wife lost her job and right away it was, we didn't have enough money to pay the bills. And so I had to step out a little bit more to do some side projects, did some big graphic design projects. And I'm like, Hey, this bivocational thing works. And then over the last really 18 months, two years, there was a need to have something more, more coming in. So yeah, this is where I started just pursuing different avenues. This position with the replant team opened up and on top of just helping do some websites and designs and for brochures and all sorts of things. So the Bivo aspect for me has always, for the most part has been side hustle focused. Now something a little bit more, more concurrent, more consistent. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes. And consistent rather than when you're doing a side hustle, freelancing, the amount of money you make, is directly proportionate to the amount of projects you take on and complete. Correct. So this is a you know consistent paychecks every you know every time you get the paycheck yeah. same amount and response you know weekly responsibilities instead of project based and we're excited to have you as a part of the replant. Team. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's been really good because those those projects still come in. I'm wrapping up a a big project, a big brochure, but next month that looks different. Could just be like one little thing. So this. This aspect gives more, just more a solid founding for grounding for my family as well. So, so one of the things I've heard often in this conversation is there, there seems to be some attempt to create some terms to distinguish between bivocational and co-vocational. And, and even I've seen some efforts to move away from the idea of saying full-time ministry, because like you said, ministry is pretty much always Full time. Yeah. And there's there's really, yeah. really not a a scenario very often where you're actually part time in the in the role. You, you often right. you're going to be part time in the funding. But so talk to us just about some of those terms, defining terms, the way that people think about those full time, bivo, covo, uh, and explain the differences. Yeah. So it a lot of times it just depends on who you ask. 
there's a, as, as I've been thinking a lot about bivocational ministry, co-vocational, there's, uh, I read somewhere it was a uh, missional vocational. I'm not sure if that's a new term or something, just some guy wanted to be different, but there, there's not a one size fits had to, all. Had to have been a category. church planter because church planters always want to have it was their own idea. For sure a church planter. Yeah, for sure a church planter. So you have uh, you have a bivo aspect where they're they have the role as a pastor and then they have something on the side they're making money. Then you have co-vocational and again depending on who you ask and how it's responded it's someone who has committed to the the workplace and is also pastoring. So someone may have like I have a friend who works for the post office who pastors got a solid job there. So he's putting in a lot of energy, most of his work energy into that vocation while his, his pastorate position is, it's, it's kind of reversed in a sense. And then you have people that are working in the a vocational position for the sole purpose of meeting people to share the gospel, which every vocational aspect is a missional opportunity wherever you are. Um, but they've Lord's placed them in a specific place. They've used that to reach people with the gospel. It seems like the need for bivocational, co-vocational, missional vocational, whatever you decide to call it, is an increasing need just based off of the economy, attendance trends, giving trends, inflation. You you start to bring all of those factors into place. You know, a full-time salary to sustain a family has to be a lot higher than it was 15, 20 years ago, even even 10 years ago. I mean, the salary you would require to provide for your family, you know, cost of living adjustments are so much more than they used to be. What What's the landscape, just real quick, of like how, you know, I know we don't know exact numbers, but from what you right. have started to research, kind of what are you seeing as the landscape of, of what percentage of pastors are getting funding in some other way than just the church? So I'm not, I'm not sure on a specific percentage of numbers, but it feels like just from the conversations I've started having and the 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 little research I've I've done on this is we're just listening and gathering information that that percentage is a lot higher than we think it is. Even when you even when I talk to full time legacy church pastors of solid established healthy churches who are also doing something on the side just to bring in a little extra for preparing for their kids to go to college, purchasing a new car, taking a vacation trip, you know, just saying, Hey, an extra thousand dollars somewhere else really does go, does make the difference or paying off loans or whatever the case is. So it's not a, it's not a just church planners that are dealing with this or rural aspects. It's a wide landscape of men who are called to pastor their churches faithfully, but are also called to care and provide for their families and at times it's it's a okay i don't i'm not going to abandon this call i'm not going to abandon my family so i've got to do what is necessary to make sure that the church is cared for and my family is cared for without falling off the rails and my whole life collapsing mm-hmm. so it it's interesting to just see and hear of guys who are planting churches that are 
working in sales or building websites or teaching. And then you to hear of legacy church pastors that are just doing something small on the side to help prepare for something they're thinking of. And, I, and I've, the language that I've shared with you that I've, I've kind of workshopped with a couple of people and is the future of the church belongs to the bivocational pastor. And I don't, I don't know if that's the, the full way we'll end up saying it, but it, there's bivocational guys, guys who are pastoring their churches that need additional funding and it's in a lot more churches than we realize. And that's not even including staff guys. Yeah. The the staff team. I mean, we're talking full-time pastors in normative sized churches who are doing everything they can to provide for their families and faithfully shepherd those churches. Yeah. I mean, the prospect of getting a ministry position that will f- provide all the funding you need to take care of your family is very few and far between and uh, yeah and it's not always because the church is you know just not wanting to provide it's just they just haven't reached that capacity it's hard Correct. hard to keep up with all the things going on talk to us about so what are some of the as you've just begun this process of listening to the field and kind of learning what are some of the common struggles that you're hearing? What are some of the common benefits? What are the themes that are coming across in the conversations that you're having as you're surveying the field of bivocational or however we want to word, whatever it is that guys are getting funding from outside of the church? What are some of the things in, that you're discovering? Yeah. So the, the thinking with that, Hey, there's not a, there's not a one size fits all solution. It also means there's, almost every pastor has a unique perspective. Mm. Some churches are like our church fully is on board with me doing what is necessary to provide for my family. Some churches don't have that leeway. There's a, a whole list of responsibilities. And then there's the in line that says, and whatever else is necessary to accomplish the mission of God here at this church, which is an endless amount of work and responsibility. So you have I I'm even aware uh, of of a guy on, on a staff level at a large church that it was just not enough funds for him and so yeah, yeah. he was told that he was not allowed to go get other income and so he kind of sneakily started doing Uber on the weekends yeah. and would just do it in a different community than where his church was so that they wouldn't know it cuz I mean at some point you just have to figure out how to how to provide. Right. I mean, you, and obviously, you be as frugal as you can be, and you cut, and you you know all those things. But at some point, there there may just need to be more income, right? Because you can be very frugal, and you still not bringing in enough money to pay for just the cost of living for to provide. And you're as you're if you've got kids, they get older, and the older they get, the more ex- expenses they seem to accrue and it's yeah so you have to do what's necessary but at the same time we want to like i want to see young men thrive in pastoral ministry and thrive in their families mm-hmm. and not given the option of you got to pick one yeah because maybe there's a reason why there's a shortage of pastors mm-hmm. that they just young men are looking at it and it's like all right i gotta pick whether i can provide for my family or serve the church i mean I think they're rightfully picking their family to do what's necessary. Now, can they still serve the church? Yeah. I mean, we're, so we're talking about a pastoral perspective. So the struggles are time 
and you can't add more time. Flexibility of how do, how do I still faithfully shepherd because pastoral ministry does not live in a nine to five box. My pastors understand this. It's as if you get a funeral in the busiest week of the year. I don't know how hmm. that works or some major pastoral crisis. And there's and you're like, all right, I have to stop everything else I'm doing to care for here. So the, the flexibility aspect of it, the the family dynamic, because if they're not able to delegate responsibilities, whether it's they don't have the people to do those responsibilities or the church does not give them the freedom and they're having to, to work to put the energy into the church, then to work outside of the church means less family time. And so they're navigating that. And then there's, but you also have the, the stress of all that too. So it's a, those are the broad ideas that I'm hearing, the broad themes. But then you, when you talk to a person individually, you hear the frustrations of just not being able to develop leaders or um, the church is not in a healthy position, whatever the case is. What What are some of the, the, the benefits? Are there advantages to doing this approach to ministry? Huge advantages. I, I think if we looked at the advantages of it, we will see that it's actually probably better for the health of our church that our attention can't be given fully to the church, that we have to re- to rely on other pastors, deacons, and this good design that God has given us from his word. So for example, for me, after I came to real- realization that I'm not less of a pastor because I'm bivocational, that I'm not, my worth is not in being a full-time pastor. Once I, the Holy Spirit just kind of worked me through um, on that topic, I realized in order for me to have sustainability in my ministry, not success, sustainability, there are some things that have to change. I have to manage my time better. I have to raise up um, healthy men who love the Lord, who love their families and love the church. I have to be willing to hand over responsibilities, um, some of which aren't necessary, like it, there are some things that over the last year that I've delegated that are easier for me to do. But as our church has grown, and our church has grown probably more so since I've become bivocational mm. than before, which is, oh, wow. I'm like, there's more people coming in. There's more pastoral responsibilities. I'm like, I don't know what the Lord is doing. Yeah. I just find it a little humorous. You think, you think um, possibly some of it's because you've made those shifts of I, let me develop men. Let me manage my time better. Let me yeah. start to share responsibility with others. Like, yep. I, I think, see, what I always think is, so I grew up playing golf and there are, if you're wanting to perfect your golf swing, there are certain contraptions that have been invented that force your swing to be in the correct form you can't use them on the course but you you practice with them and there are these certain things that you either wear or you swing within and you can't swing a wrong swing and you try to create muscle memory using that by vocational ministry when you have limited time and resources is kind of like that for pastoral ministry in that it really forces you you don't have the option of taking everything on your shoulders correct it forces you to swing correctly like now I have to share responsibilities. I have to develop men underneath me. I have to manage my time better. I think those are things that every pastor 
would be, and their churches would be blessed if they did that. So this kind of forced you into those things that make you a healthier pastor and your church, a healthier church. Yeah. Cause it, it's, I started, I, I went through a list of everything that I did. I defined my role as what, what is my main responsibility at Grace Life. And I kind of, I, we kind of just reworked my job description mm. and then said, okay, if it doesn't fit into my job description, then I have to train someone, disciple someone to take this on. So, and I really think it's because of this going more into the bivocational ministry where we've um, opened up a couple of new volunteer leadership positions at our church to help navigate the, just the different things that we're doing. And it's, it's been good for our church, good for the men, because it's not, it's not built on me. Mm. If I know that, and it, but it, at the same time, it takes a lot of work to just uh, to do it because it's so it's so easy. Like I could just do that. For example, uh, so the way our building is, our space is set up. It's really compact. So our hospitality area is in like the back wall of our sanctuary. So we, it's just kind of this. Everything is the sanctuary. Everything's the hospitality area, and we've made it work. So. I, after the service, I go to the door, I stand there to, you know, like every other pastor does and just interacts with the people before they leave. Well, we had a newer family come up and this was two weeks ago. And they asked me, they, the, something happened with our coffee machine and they didn't know how to get, make the coffee. Well, I know how to make the coffee. And I went to, to tell her how to do it. And I've just been really practicing this this I'm like I'm if I if someone else can do it they can do it so I said you know what let me so I grabbed our hospitality coordinator who was six feet away and that built a different connection mm-hmm. and it just involved it just showed our hospitality coordinator like hey, you, you play a role you get to meet here like I didn't have to but I could have told her how to do this but if I don't let those things go and it and it's something that I got still got to interact with that person there's a lot of things that there are people in our church that are more than gifted to doing, uh, to serving, that it's, it's good for their walk with the Lord. It's good for their spiritual journey. It's good for our church to say, look at, look at the people doing what they're supposed to be doing mm. for the good of the church and for the glory of the Lord, small or big yeah. on the stage, off the stage, behind the scenes in front of everybody. Yeah. So that's been the, I think the best part of it is just watching our church thrive watching us work through what it's like to put in new leadership and then getting to help them develop as leaders and serve our church. And the more our church grows, the better it is for our church mm. because eventually it comes to a point. I can't carry anything anyways, even if I was the full-time guy, yeah. which I am a full-time guy, but yeah, that's great. Uh, I, and I think we'll definitely have you on more to talk further about this subject. Cause it's something we want to continue yeah. to explore but one of the values of the replant team is that we listen to the field and we don't want to just do things out of just theory and our own personal individualized experiences, but we want to listen to the field. We want to identify patterns and needs and gaps and resources. So one, that's the stage that we're at in exploring this. We're listening to the field. We're not developing a lot of resources right now as much as we're just trying to hear from you. And so I know that a lot of our listeners are bivocational, 
So one, reach out to us. Let us know what you've learned, what you need to learn, what resources you need. One, you can just reach out to us directly on our social media channels or things like that on our website. But also, Matt is creating and Colin are creating a survey that is our whole purpose is we want to hear from you. Just a short survey of like, hey, what is it that that's going on out there? We want to get a best, best picture. And as we do move to a do we create resources? Do we curate some things, point you to some things? There's maybe a cohort coming in the future, some things like that. And we would love to to hear from you and learn from you. So if you'll go to the show notes, you will find a link to a short survey that gives us an opportunity to listen to you and learn from what you're doing. If you're learning some great stuff, let us know, and maybe we'll even have you on the podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches, big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.